I'm a survivor, I'm gonna make it, I will survive, keep on surviving. Today's podcast is about a strong woman who has gone through so much adversity and has so much strength, I can't describe, you just need to listen to this podcast to know it does have a warning to it, we do talk about the topic of cancer, so if you need help please go to your GP, please seek advice, and please, please get checked. This is not just another fitness podcast. Why? I touch on subjects that not only have I experienced, but most likely you or a person you know has probably experienced it as well. I created the Me Movement on the Mic to provide you with relatable content and information on areas of movement, mindset and health. Understanding that we all have experiences and stories to tell and that makes us resilient. I'm on a mission to help you filter through life, to help you break free of the fitness stereotypes and embrace you while still enjoying a gelato and two. So please join me, Sally, and let's get this episode started. Hello, 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 Mel. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit and have a chat with me on the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Just a little tired, busy day. That's it. I don't know if you know, but in Sydney, I'm in Sydney, we're in a bit of a lockdown. Uh, Everyone I speak to at the moment is, we are stressed, but I feel like this time around, it's a bit more intense than last year. How are you? How how are you feeling? And where are you? Um, I'm up on the Gold Coast, so it hasn't been it hasn't been bad for us at all. Like right now, we're wearing masks. That's it. You know, we had a three day lockdown. Masks end in two days, and we're back to normal. So, I feel like you're in a different world. Like just before the lockdown, I went to Tassie, and different world there, different world to Sydney. Oh, I bet. Yeah, so um, everybody's on the, in these little pockets of worlds uh, in Australia, but um, you just got to do go one step at a time. But today's topic is um, it's quite it's a quite intense topic. It's it's a quite it's a topic which is close to you, and I wanted to bring you along to talk about you know now the topic is like now you got cancer now now what cancer now what yeah. what do you do what do you do. <laughs> you go to a lot of doctor's appointments. hundred percent. So just, you know, tell me about your story. Where are you from originally? You got an accent. Um, no, I'm from New Zealand. Serious? Yeah. <laughs> Born in New Zealand, raised here in Australia, moved to the U.S. when I was 13. Lived there until three years ago. So I was in the U.S. for about 30 years. That's where my cancer journey started and where I went through most of my treatment. So it wasn't until I moved over here. But it's been a little different here than it is in the U.S. Whereabouts in the U.S.? Uh, Arizona, California. How's the temperature there? It gets hot. Okay. (laughs) You go from New Zealand's quite cold, right? Yeah. Cold, hot, hot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it, it started in the US. So tell me what 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 happened? 
Well, when I was 24, um, my breast started leaking. And not just a little bit. It was, it would leak to the point like if I squeezed it, stuff would come out. And my mom was like, are you pregnant? I'm like, I'm not pregnant, mom. And she's like, well, we're going to the doctor. So we went straight to the gynecologist. And she was just like, we're doing a mammogram, immediately started the testing. She's like, this is completely abnormal, especially for a 24-year-old. When the mammogram came back, she's like, yeah, you have breast cancer. And I'm like, I'm 24. (laughs) Like, what? So I didn't actually treat it for a year. I went into a little bit of denial, um, decided to go to Brazil for a year. I uh, didn't think I'd ever get that chance. It was a like once in a lifetime opportunity. So I went and lived in Brazil. I just lived with it, a leaky boob. And when I came back, I had a double mastectomy in 2000, 2001. 24. Yeah. What? Like the people I've spoken to recently about cancer especially breast cancer and 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 associated with like my my mom my mom's in knock on wood is in her 80s yeah right she's had six kids she's got 14 grandkids wow yeah they didn't have tv back in the day (laughs) that's what she keeps telling i'm like mom i don't need to know these things (laughs) but 24 what goes through a 24 year old's name i was still at home when i was 24 I was too. <laughs> you know? What? Yeah, thankfully I was at home. What goes through um, your mind? Like, lucky your <laughs> mom pushed you. The first thing that really got me was I was having a double mastectomy. Like, I hadn't had children yet. I'd never breastfeed a baby, you know? I'd never had boobs. Like, you know, they would never be used for what they were meant to be used for. So that was really hard. I don't know. Yeah, that was really hard. Um. But at the same time, it was like, oh, well, we caught it early. You're young. You'll be fine. We can do reconstruction. No one will notice. I'm like, oh, they'll notice when you don't have any nipples. Let's <laughs> put a hamper on your dating life. Yep. <laughs> but I just I just rolled with it. Did my appointments. Listened to my doctors. Partied like a rock star when I wasn't sick of shit from chemo. Most people thought I shaved my head to be cool. They didn't know that I was undergoing cancer treatment. So I'd be out at the clubs on the weekends <laughs> acting a fool. Yep. Yep. That's, that's got to give it to you. Wow. <laughs> if I had the stamina, so why not? Yeah. Well, I couldn't work. So, you know, I'd be sick for a week. I'd be fine for two weeks. So I made good use of those two weeks when I wasn't feeling sick. Amazing. Well, that's amazing to hear. So 24. You had the double mastectomy, and then you do you do you know what type of cancer it was, or what's what degree? What um, it was like it was stage zero. It's what they call DCIS, ductal carcinoma in C two in situ or C two, however you say it. Yeah, DCIS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what they, it's like a precancer, but the papillomas that I had in my breast, I had the most the doctor had ever seen. It was in the hundreds. And she's just like, that's obviously not normal. She's like, I usually only see like one or two. She's like, with you, there are hundreds. Um, so, uh, but it was, but it, it escalated kind of quickly because even after the mastectomy, it came 
back in my lymph nodes within six months. And I ended up having to do chemo. And then it came back again and I had to do radiation. You know, I, then I ended up having like an eight year break and had my daughter. And then it came back again at stage four in my lung. So even if it is caught super early, it can still spread. That's, that's, that's very, a very incremental journey from 24 to six months later to, you know, being cancer free and then eight years later. Yeah. Yep. So what happened next? Well, now I'm, you know, I was diagnosed stage four, nine years ago. So I've been living stage four, um, you know, monthly treatments. I get these lovely shots every month. Um, I'm always being scanned. They're constantly watching me because, I mean, it can move from a major organ into your bones and into other places like your brain. Um, Once the medications stop working, you know, and it can happen just like that. You know, you could be one, find one scan and lesions are showing up the next. You know, you're telling me all this stuff and, but the words are coming out of your mouth, but I see a completely different energy behind you. I see this strong, like your posture, your energy. I don't know the eye, something is behind you. There's no like physical light, but there's just this something I see and it's a bit blinding. It's strong. Does that make sense? It does. Where do you get that from? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just the way I've been. Like you're laughing. You're telling yeah. me you got stage four and you're laughing. You know, like you got this thing in you. Yeah. <sighs> Very early on, my cancer doctors told me, they're like, you're never going to get through this if you don't laugh. You're never going to get through it. So you always have to find that that lighter side. Like I can't change it, you know, no matter what they do to treat me, they can't change it. So I need to find even that small positive, you know, that small funny. Some people may not think my jokes are funny, but it helps me get through. Mm. Mm. And are there days where, you know, you don't feel as jovial and, if there is, what do you do to snap out of it? Is there a snapping forward? About, is there a pendulum? Yeah, there can be. Like when I have scans and like right now, oh, I've had scans, but they don't have the results. It's been two weeks and they still don't have the results. And this could be like, could mean the difference between me having radiation or getting like a hip transplant, you know? So it's like, what am I waiting for? Either one sucks. But the weight is really starting to wear on me. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like throughout the whole process, this process, that you have or had a good support system? Like, is there the doctors, nurses, family around you that have helped you through it? Yeah, there are. Um, you know, my family's been pretty good. Like, I, I, I've kind of marched along by myself a lot though, just because there's just a lot like, and it's, it's the same shit, you know? Okay. I got to go get a blood test. I have to go get a scan. I have to go to another doctor's appointment. I'm not going to drag everyone along with me to these appointments. I think they suck. So, you know, I just cruise along and go do them. I I give everyone updates when I'm done and and whatnot. Um, It's been a little hard. You know, my mom's in the U S still, but my brother did move over here. 
And we all now live in a, a big house of the world together. And then I have a little more support. That's, that's great to hear because everybody's different. Yeah, they really sense. are. Yeah. And um, do you like, do you do any activities that, is there something that you enjoy doing sometimes when you're a bit more, when you're stressed or do you go out for a walk or what do you like doing? Um, I love to go hiking and like be at the beach or just, just be outside in nature. Like I've got a, I really love Australian birds. <laughs> I've become a bit of a birder. Yeah, I love the birds. <laughs> I love so them. I can actually, I, like, even just sitting down, just sitting there listening to the birds and, you know, trying to identify new ones. <laughs> I love that. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I do love to get out and about. Um, with my hips lately, though, it's been a little hard for me to actually exercise. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of stretching. Lots of stretching. Um and that always tends to, you know, once you get into the, your breath and you start calming down, that that's always pretty good. But uh, I'm not nearly as active as I'd want to be. Yep. Were you active before that? When you say, um, I used to be super active. Like I used to be a runner. I've done half marathons. I used to run with my daughter and two dogs, so it was a quite the trip down the canal. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and then the medications, uh, the side effects, uh, it really affects your joints. So a lot of like put a hamper on that. But once summer comes, like kicks up again, I'll, I'll be able to get back in the pool and that really helps. Okay. Amazing. I'm glad that you got something to, that you enjoy and you're still moving, you know? Yes. Enjoying it's the really, birds. We really keep moving. And enjoying the birds. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you. Mm. Is there a point, was there a point where there were, you know, you could have gone either way? Like when you're 24 and the doctor's saying to you, you got to laugh. Was there a point or was there times where you were like, yeah, I got this or I don't want to do this? And how did you get through it? Um, There were a couple of times where I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Like some pretty dark times. You know, I'd already suffered from depression. So, you know, with the medications and everything that just happens in your brain, um, you know, I mean, it's sad to say that, you know, I've, I have had that done in my hand, but um, I don't know. I just figured that night I just put the gun down and I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. You know, I'll think about it in the morning. And in the morning I was like, you're an idiot. So, yep. I don't know if there was anything like really that helped me though. Um, other than like talking to my friends and, you know, making sure that people knew that I wasn't okay. Yeah. I speak to a lot of people recently and um, I feel like in Australia, uh, when we need help, it's, we don't really reach out and especially if it's professional help. Yeah. But I had a chat with someone from the States from Wisconsin the other day and she was like, yeah, I see a counsellor. I've been seeing them, da 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 You know, like all the time. They do love their therapist. But that's not a bad thing because these people have the tools to help you. Yeah. You know? Uh, To be honest, I was never a believer. I was like, I deal with it myself because I go, I exercise or whatever, or I do my cry in the shower. But then as I get older, I'm like, 
I'm a professional. And if I want to get better at something, I seek professional help. Yes, exactly. So if anyone's listening to this and they were, if they're in my mind, my mindset, you know, please rethink that. There are lots of different avenues out there that you can speak to your GP, seek professional help, join a Facebook group, so much help out there, especially now, especially during the COVID stuff, everywhere around the world. I can't stress that enough because the worst thing is to feel alone. Yes, definitely. That's the worst thing. So I want to go back. Talk, talk to me about Arizona. Arizona is awesome. Um, I love Arizona. It's really hot. It's a very different kind of way of life, though. Um, I mean, I went to high school there. I went to, I went to the University of Arizona, too, so I have a degree in history that I don't really use. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just, it's such a different way of life. Like coming, moving back over here to Australia and living on the Gold Coast, everyone is so cruisy here. Everyone is so uptight there. <laughs> so uptight. <laughs> really? I think like so, yeah. They're very focused on just careers and getting more and having more and being more and doing more. Here, it's just kind of like, okay, well, yeah, that'd be great. But, you know. I'm going to hang out with my friends for a little bit and then maybe I'll do that. A lot of people I know are very, very. I wanted to ask you, Mel, you have gone through it from the age of 24. Six months of it after that as well (laughs) came back and eight years uh, later. What would you say to someone whose journey Mm -hmm. is sounding very familiar to yours? What's the one thing? that you can, you can share with us. Yeah. Yeah. Can't take yourself too seriously. It's everyone gets very caught up in that. I have cancer and it's like, yeah, cool. You do. You have cancer, but like, you're so much more than that. And you're, there's so much more in your life, you know, do the cancer deal. Make sure you get a second opinion. Always here in Australia, they don't really do them, but they're in the U.S., get a second opinion. Um, yeah, but don't take yourself too seriously. You know, you're going to have breakdowns. Give yourself grace. Um, you know, you're going to have times when you can't get out of the house. You don't want to do anything. Wallow in it. Feel it. Let it crash over you. But there will come a brighter day, and you'll be able to feel a lot better about it. You know, but you've got to feel it, and you've got to go through it. Oh, thank you. You know, I, you can be angry about it. Um, you know, you like you go, it's it's like with anything. I mean, you mourn the loss of your boobs, you know. You will you will have you know periods of time where you know you're mourning the loss of friendships, um, relationships. I mean, cancer doesn't just take away, you know, your hair, it will take away a lot of other things too. And it's best just to you know, make sure you feel that you're in the moment. Be graceful with yourself. And, um, you know, as you said, if you're, you're a professional, you seek professional help. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, if, you know, if you need mental health help, you, you need help, go get it. And on that note, again, I want to say, say thank you for being so raw, being so honest, sharing your journey, your current journey, um, your story. And, you know, I hope 
I hope anyone who's listening to this, who ha- who is currently going through this, who has a family member that is going through this or just is listening, I just hope that um, it helps. Thank you for listening to my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it will be greatly appreciated if you have a spare 60 seconds to put a review on this podcast. It would mean so much, especially to a small business. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon. Bye.